Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Blessing be upon all of you in Jesus' name. This is Alexander Pagani, lead pastor of Amazing Church, located here in the South Bronx, New York City. We're under the covering of Jabula New Life, where our apostolic father and overseer is Apostle and Bishop Tudor Bismarck. So I love my Jabula family if you're watching. H-I-R-T if you're watching, Amazing Church if you're watching, you know I absolutely, unequivocally uh, love you. Now, let me just first say this. It's not usually my thing to name drop. Actually, I never do this, you know, um, and I never chime in on current affairs. I'm not that guy, all right? You know, um... Um, it's not really my thing to be able to um, give perspective on uh, current ever- current affairs simply because two reasons. Number one, I'm usually never asked. All right. I'm like a Micaiah prophet. You know, Jehoshaphat has to be like, isn't there another prophet out there that we can hear the word of the Lord? Oh, I know this one guy. Remember that story in Second Kings chapter 22 um, and two, uh, my convictions and personal opinions change through time and I never want to be um, I never want to be I never want to become bigoted in my own personal understanding on something that I'm still progressively evolving on so I'm gonna be honest with you I haven't really been chiming in on the pandemic on the vaccinations and you know and God's prophetic timetable uh, as a result of what's going on as of recent simply because then all y'all prophets been wrong it didn't leave in Passover. It didn't leave in June. This thing is still here, with meaning the virus. All right. So I ain't got no time for people to say, Pagani, you done said, you know, and then I look like a false prophet or a prophet lot or I was emotion. I'm not that guy, man. Like I just learned to say, you know what? I'll give my thoughts on that, but I'm not going to say what the word of the Lord is on that, you know, and okay. But when I, one thing I don't like and anybody that knows me is I live my name. My name is Alexander, Defender of Mankind. That's what my name means, Defender of Mankind. I don't like, I don't like bullying. 
I'm that guy driving by and I see people jumping somebody and they're defenseless. I, I, I'm, I'm the guy to jump in and be like, yo, what y'all doing, man? Like, y'all gonna jump this? I don't like cyberbullying as well. On any, on any front, both in things that I'm in favor for and things that I'm against. I don't like it. I don't like it. Especially when I know, when I know what a person means. So my first thought on Dr. Stella is, I know what she means because I know the language. First Corinthians chapter 14 talks about uh, choosing the right words when communicating to a particular demographic of people. It basically says, if I use words that they don't understand, I will be a foreigner to them who hears it. Do you see what I'm saying? So first Corinthians, excuse me, chapter 14 specifically says that when you go into a particular people group, you have to learn the language. You have to learn the jargon. You have to learn the, uh, the, the, the linguistics, the syntax, the grammatical way, the tenses, uh, what things potentially mean. I'm, I'm Latino, right? But the same words do not mean the same thing for every Latin nationality. Some words in Puerto Rican um, are curse words in Ecuadorian. Do you see what I'm saying? So, and it could be the same word. Um, some cultures, you can't even whistle. <whistles> a whistle is considered offensive. So, uh, um, you know, so, uh, so I think number one was this. I think she used the, the right terminology with the wrong crowd in that sense, meaning not the, I'm not talking about the medical stuff. I'm not talking about the medical stuff. You know, I'm not, I'm not getting into that. I'm talking about um, the demon sperm. I know what demon sperm means. I know what that means. It means hybrid. It means Nephilim. It means Genesis chapter six. It means epigenetic modification. I know, I know what she means by that. Um, it wasn't the best word to use because she could have said demonic semen. Did you catch that? But because she said demon sperm, the word sperm is, is connected to the word sex. So now they're driving her and they now they're saying uh, that religious people are infatuated with sex. No, um, she used the wrong word. She, the, 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 uh, the essence of what she was trying to say, I know exactly what she's trying to say, which means, uh, that there is an agenda. There is an agenda, uh, of the global elite to rebirth the, the coming again of the Nephilim. That I agree with. That is Bible. As in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So when I heard her say that in various of her videos, first of all, I'm a fan of her ministry because I know the church she comes from. I have 16 books from Mountain of Fire and her personal pastor that deals with deliverance. I study all forms of deliverance. Um, and I'm going to say this publicly. My only issue with the literature that I read from them is that they don't provide enough scriptural references to substantiate the claims and the declarations that they make in the material that I read from them, even though I know what they mean and what they're saying is absolutely true. And second thing you have to understand is this, is I'm gonna use Latino culture because I don't wanna get into the Nigerian culture, but let me give you an example. Latino culture, by default, we are religious. To find a Puerto Rican atheist, that is like less than 1%. Why? Because by culture, um, even when you watch the secular news, God is brought up 
when you watch our news. They'll say, you know, okay, uh, get, instead of saying good evening, everyone, they'll say, God bless you, Dios te bendiga todo, you know, you know, and that's because to us, the culture of religion is embedded into the tradition. Uh, 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 religion is embedded into our tradition. So when we talk religion, you don't have to do what I'm do what I do now. Haven't you noticed that in most of my videos, I have to spend like 10 to 15 minutes sharing a disclaimer and a thought before I even get to a statement. If you follow my ministry, you will see, man, this brother takes forever to start the topic. You want to know why? Because westernized American culture, if I say the, if I say the statement before I make uh, the presentation, they're going to call me heretic. So when I talk about hybrid, those of you that follow my videos know that I talk about aliens. I talk about hybrid. Okay. You, uh, you, if you notice, how do I start off those topics? I start off the topic saying this is hybrid possible. And I go into this long discourse about is hybrid possible? Well, we know hybrid is possible is because Jesus is hybrid. He's 100% God and 100% man. Feel anthropos, God man, God manifested in the flesh. So to sit here and say a hybrid is not even possible, uh, then we have a problem with the deity of Christ because he is, he is God living inside Jesus. Jesus is the body. Christ is the spirit. So when they killed, when they, when, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, Jesus died. Christ did not die. Jesus died. The body died. The body died. And, did you catch it? Who resurrected from the dead? Christ. All right. Christ Jesus. Literally, he's still flesh and bone. Do you see what I'm saying? So, so, but I have to like break that down before I get into a statement of the Nephilim are coming. Why? Because the average modern evangelical, average evangelical theology is built on, on the premise of arrested development. Let me tell you something. Y'all pastors, Know for a fact, you don't teach this topic because you keep saying the same thing. My people are not ready. The people are not ready. They're going to get confused. Well, let me share something with you. If they're not ready, it's because you keep them not ready. You're keeping them in ignorance. In my house, I teach this stuff. People go, amen, pastor. I get what you're saying. Why? Because people are not as ignorant as we think. They're not as ignorant as we think. And what keeps them in ignorance is the fact that we keep them in ignorance by saying that they are ignorant. And I'm here to tell you that people are not ignorant. All right. People, they're not, they might not be woke, but they're not, uh, they're not ignorant. So the second thing is, well, number one, uh, I told you already. So number two is the fact that, um, when you use certain terminologies in certain cultures. So if you come to my culture and you start talking about God, that's the norm. You don't have to do the disclaimer. You don't even have to prove God exists. But if I talk to some of you white folks that went to seminary, you know, there's heavy atheism in your culture. So I have to go through this, you know, making Christianity goofy and seeker sensitive because, you know, and, we all, and, and you Americans and you my brothers, you, you guys stay trying to prove to people that you're not silly. So you're always trying to make God cool or, or, so when you, when you do, when you speak hard truth, you say it in a way that's goofy and really non-threatening. You don't have to do that in my culture. You could come in and say, my you could just come in and just go right in. Do you see what I'm saying? So watch this. Why am I saying this? Very simple. It's because I've been to Nigeria. 
I've sat with the kings, the king of the Bata kingdom, and I gave him the word of the Lord. Listen, out there, I did, I found one of the first things I found when I went to Africa was I had to change my preaching style because when I started off with my disclaimers, I could see that they were like, uh, you don't have to do that here, man of God. Like we believe in demons. <laughs> like you don't have to do that here. So I, it took me like two days to rearrange because, and then I realized, uh, I realized in my mind, like I keep thinking I'm preaching in America. So, so I had to switch it like, oh, I don't have to do the disclaimer. I could go right in and talk about incubus, succubus, spirit husband. I could go right in and they'll be like, man of God, let me tell you some stuff. And they began to school me on stuff I didn't know. And I began to merge that. Do you see what I'm saying? When I went to Trinidad with my good friend, Apostle Nigel Lewis, he's one of the only apostles. He's like the Trinidadian version of me. We that that good. When I go to his church, I could just talk about this stuff because in Trinidad, there's no, there's no disclaimer. I could just, witches go to the church. They show up to the service. Witches are always trying to go against this church and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, whoa, we could just kind of get into, we could just get into the demonic. And they're like, yes, man of God, come on, come on, man of God. What else you got? Well, let's, you know what? Let's add this to that. So here's what I believe is, is happening is the media has gone into her world, seen her videos and see demon sperm and alien and, uh, and, and they get caught up with the terminology. Had she said hybrid, had she used professional American terms, it would have been a different response. But because she used words that in our culture, we know what you mean. Like, uh, that's like coming into my house and we just having raw talk. We have a raw talk. You know what I'm saying? About then you're going to be like, oh, wow. Like, do you see what I'm saying? So, so they hear demon sperm and they immediately go, Christians should not be talking about sperm. You see, Christians is always acting up with sex. And then it becomes this uh, battle of linguistics and syntax, even though what she said was absolutely biblically accurate. The Nephilim are coming. There is the 1% global elite that are modifying genetics to produce the resurgence of the Nephilim. Now, if you want to flip it, we could just say, Demigod, we could say uh, hybrid or whatever the case may be, whatever professional term. But because uh, she used a term that they don't understand because they associate sperm with sex. Those of us deliverance ministers don't associate sperm with sex. We associate the term demon sperm with the Nephilim. And the professional way of saying that is hybrid which is Genesis chapter six. So when you say alien, we know what you mean. We don't mean independence day. We mean other beings of another dimension, which the Bible talks about that aren't angels, like the four living creatures, like the 24 elders. The 24 elders are not angels. No, they are not. They are beings that are part of the divine council in heaven that help govern the courtroom of heaven. God is supreme judge, but he doesn't govern the universe alone. He governs it by the seraphim, uh, the seraphim, the four living creatures and the 24 elders, the four living creatures, winter, spring, summer, fall, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, four rivers, four lepers, four gospels. Did you catch that revelation? 24 elders, 24 hours of the day, winter, spring, summer, fall. 
north, south, east, west. Did you catch that revelation? All right. So what? So 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 when you see an elder in the Bible come and speak to John, one elder represents one hour, which means a time frame. Oh, don't play with me, man. Don't play with me. I know all the terminologies. Let me let me let me say that again. Let me say that. For living creatures, winter, spring, summer, fall, north, south, east, west. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, four lepers, four rivers, four winds of the spirit. Did you catch that? 24 elders, 24 hours of the day. Each elder represents one hour. So when one elder came to John and say, hey, write this, it means that they represent one hour. An hour is the same hour where Jesus said, my hour has come. And then he said this, you can't kill me for my hour has not come. Do a miracle, Jesus, Mary. My hour has not come, which means that elder has not clocked in to work yet. Don't play with me, man. Don't play with me. We're going to go there. We're going to go there. Every time Jesus said, my hour's not yet. My hour's not yet. My hour's not yet. It just means the elder for that specific time frame has not clocked into work. When the elder has clocked into work, we will know. When they came to get him, he looked at the disciple and said, now is my hour. Why? Very simple. They, the elder of the, the elder of the death of Jesus, the crucifixion clocked into work and he looked at them and said they have to take me because it is now my hour did you catch it so every time jesus said the hour is coming and the hour is he's talking about courtroom courtroom divine counsel time frames man so when i hear her talking when i hear her talking i understand the language I understand the language and I go, oh yeah, you honor something, woman of God. You honor something, woman of God. And I think that that's where the problem is because many of you, what I just said, you did not know that. So if I just said, so if I'm talking about the hour is coming, when I say the hour, I'm talking elder. So if I just said the elder's coming, y'all going to say I'm heres I'm a heretic because I don't know. So if I say, listen, Jesus got crucified because the elder came. My brother, that's false doctrine. My brother, that's false doctrine. You are in error, my brother. Oh, error, elder does not mean elder. Elder means one hour. Did you catch what I just said? Mm -hmm. Did you catch it? All right. That's where the issue is. Those two things. Those two things. The terms. The average evangelical has no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, and no idea about hybrid because we've been taught that hybrid is not even possible. We got a problem here because hybrid is all over the Bible. As a matter of fact, hybrid is even in the book of Revelation where the demons came out. The demons came out of the bottomless pit and they had the body of a locust, the tail of a scorpion, the face of a lion, and the Bible says the hair of a woman. The reason why those demons came out with the hair of the woman is letting us know that those are the specific watcher demons that fell in love with women in Genesis chapter six, the Benai Elohim, the sons the sons of the Elohim. The word Elohim does not mean God. The, the word Elohim means gods, plural. It's in reference to angels. God himself is an Elohim. He's supreme God. But the word God, Elohim, is plural. It means gods. It means gods. So when it says the divine counsel of the gods in Psalm 82, Behold, I say you are gods. Behold, I say you are Elohims, which means what? We are sons of God. We we are from God. So when we hear Elohim, because we've been taught that Elohim means God, 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 God. No, God is in this supreme God. He's the supreme father God, father of spirits. Notice that Hebrews chapter 13 says the father of spirits, the father of spirits, the father of what spirits, the father of the Elohims. Angels are Elohims. You and I are Elohims. Did you catch it? Also, in reference to behold, I say you are gods. 
um, he's in referring to the angels. He's referring to the angels, referring to the angels that fell, referring to the angels that fell. But it also represents those of us that are representatives of God. So, so, so let me give you an example. So if I was to hear someone say, you are a God, that makes sense to me. I am an Elohim. I'm not the God. I'm not supreme God. I'm not, I'm not omnipotent God. I'm an Elohim. I'm a son of God. I'm, I, I am huios. The word huios is the word where we get the word hijo, which we get the word son. I'm a huios of God. I'm a huio, which means I am, I exist because of God. I'm an Elohim. I am a Elohim. I'm not the Elohim, capital E, but I am an Elohim. So if she was to say, uh, 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 you are gods, I know what she means because I understand the language. I understand apostolic revelation. I, un I, I, I understand that. But most, most believers, especially those who are not even saved, the Bible says that the things of the spirit are foolishness. So that's what they're doing. They think she's a fool. She's actually not a fool. She's in the wrong environment. When it comes to the spirituality, they will never understand that because the terms don't mean the same thing and the connotations that are connected to those terms do not mean the same thing. So if I say, give me this, uh, this, uh, and I say, pass me this, you can pass it to me. But if I say cup, and this doesn't mean cup to you, this means smoothie bottle or whatever the case may be. And I keep saying, my, the cup, the cup, the cup, the cup. You're going to be like, what the heck are you talking about? That's the, that's a bottle. That's a smoothie bottle. You see what I'm saying? And there are people who are literalists. So they'll get caught up with the word, with the word bottle. And because I didn't say, pass me the bottle. Watch this. Even though you know I meant, even though I said cup, even though uh, you know that I meant pass me this, you could literally say, oh, I'm not going to pass it to you because you didn't say bottle. You didn't say bottle. Third thing I want to say is this. They know what she meant. They know what she meant. See, when I see, you want to know why? Because the global elite are, are strategizing uh, a global agenda to take out the rest of us. That is not even nothing. That is nothing they are hiding. Do you see what I'm saying? That is not a conspiracy theorist. We're watching it. We're watching it. We're watching it play out. The one percenters are looking to take those, the rest of us that are cattle, because that's what they call us, cattle, to take us out. So that way there could be, did you catch it? All right. Now, why is there a uh, fourth reason is that this language makes sense for today because Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, as in the days of Noah, what? What happened in the days of Noah? Well, the sons of God came down and slept with the daughters of men. All right. Well, immediately the evangelical is going to say, and I'm evangelical, uh, so I could be sarcastic with my own, just like I'm cool with y'all being sarcastic with me. You don't have to agree with what I'm saying. You could publicly disagree, even in the chat room. I promise you, I won't block you. Why? Because that's the beauty of this topic. It's non-salvational. All right. So quickly, they'll say Matthew 22, 22 says angels neither marry nor are given in marriage. Oh, read the text. Read the text. The text says in heaven, in heaven. In heaven, angels neither marry nor are given in marriage. So guess what? What Guess what the watchers did? They left heaven. Why? Because marriage is an earthly concept and it's an earthly institution. 
in heaven there's no marriage. So guess what they said? Peace, God. We're out of here. And the Bible says they left their first estate. Let me paraphrase that. They left their first real estate. You missed it. Real estate means what? Property. Property given to them. What's the property? Heaven. They left heaven. They left their first real estate and did what? They came down. They came down. Genesis chapter 6. And they did what? It says they married. They intermarried. All right, now we don't know how that process is. We don't know. Just like we don't know how God overshadowed Mary and deposited a real, a real fetus in the womb. We don't know, but we know that it was supernatural and we know that it is possible. We know that it is possible because God did it. Do you see what I'm, did you, did you, did you catch what I just said? But here's the issue. Here's the issue. Very simple. The fathers of those women, the fathers of those women said, we'll give our daughters to you you give us demonic technology. You give us, you give us angelic technology. You give, we'll give you this. You give us something. And what happened? Why? Every marriage, there's a covenant. Every, well, now it's not, but it used to be. Every marriage, there was an exchange of resources, which is why arranged marriages even exist. Arranged marriages is for the survival of two families. It's not about love. Don't play, man. Arranged marriages are not about love. It's about resources. It's about protecting two families that are poor. And then we, we marry and then you bring your resources and then I bring my resources and then both families survive. The result of that is love comes later. Did you catch that? So these men said, give us angelic technology. We'll give you our daughters. That's what they did. That is why the Bible is talking specifically about the descendants of Cain. The descendants of Cain, the descendants of Cain. Notice how the descendants of Cain are the only time in the Bible where we see human intervention uh, given by divine inspiration, which means human creativity. And the, the father of music was Jubal and the father of metal forgery was another guy. It gives us the descendants of Cain. Listen to listen, listen. it's actually showing us. It says, and Cain went and slept with his wife and had this generation. And then it goes through like six generations. And if you notice, these generations of Cain were copying generations of Seth. Catch that revelation because the first one to name someone Enoch was not our Enoch. It was Cain. Cain named his son Enoch. So did Seth. Did you catch it? So there were two Enochs living at one time. There were two Enochs. The Bible's actually telling the two Enochs. And one of them went up to God. Watch this. He disappeared. So Cain capitalized on that name and he's named, he named the city Cain. Uh, he named the city Enoch. Did you catch it? One Enoch disappeared. The other one had a city named after him. The word Enoch means teaching. The word Enoch means creativity. The word Enoch means innovation, which means during the time of Enoch, there was great innovation. There was great inventions. There was great knowledge, great understanding. They were tapping into information. They were tapping into information. Why did they tap into the information? Because the sons of God, the Benai Elohim, the Benai Elohim gave these people information because when the angels fell, the watchers fell, they did not lose their gifting. They, they, they were, each angel was in charge of something and they would, they would come and they would give the humans and say, let me show you how to tap into alchemy, alchemy. Did you catch it? Why do you think the word pharmakia is connected to the word pharmacy and sorcery? Because the idea of being able to understand that plants and, and, and herbs and all of that stuff to heal the body was given to them by demons, was given to them by the spirit realm. You miss what I just said. You miss what I just said. So the word pharmakia is the where we get the word pharmacy. It's the word sorcery. Why? Very simple. Who gave man the ability to tap into that stuff? 
the Benai Elohim that fell all the way in Genesis chapter four. Did you catch that? The Bible says that one of the men, one of the descendants of Cain was, how long have I been on? Okay, 30 minutes. Good. I'll stay on for another 10 minutes. The, the Bible says the Benai Elohim uh, gave the descendants of Cain the, the ability to tap into various stuff. So you see the first descendant of Cain, the Bible says he tapped into livestock. Well, that's a value system. Why do you think it's called stocks and bonds? You missed that revelation. It's called stock, livestock, livestock, watching the NASDAQ. You're watching, basically when people watch the NASDAQ, they're watching cattle. They're watching cattle go up and down. It's no different than a farmer coming out and watching his cattle, seeing how they populate. Did you catch that? That is why Laban was so angry with Jacob because he cheated him in a stock. He tapped into a spotted stock. You missed that revelation. And he said, yo, you making crazy cash. Mm. All right. Then you got the next one. You got the next one. He tapped into music because the greatest way to teach somebody is to make a song out of it. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. Did you catch that? Stays in your head forever. The best way to teach, to get someone to teach of no understanding is to sing a song. Ring around the rosies, pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes, they all fall down. Do you know that that song was created during the bubonic plague? That people were dying. They were dying so much that they put their bodies in the street and they were burning them and the cities were filled with ashes. Did you catch that? They're literally telling history. You find God telling Moses, write this song to teach the children of Israel. He actually tells them. You can read this in Deuteronomy 32. He said, Moses, write this song to them so that way they could get a teaching. Did you catch it? Then you got the last descendant of Cain. The last descendant of Cain. Oh, don't play with me, man. Dr. Dr. Stella Emmanuel is not crazy. She's just the right prophet in a wrong environment. Talking, the, talking a language that only those that have that understanding can understand. She's not crazy. She's not crazy. She's talking everything that I'm talking about, except that I'm proving it biblically. Do you see what I'm saying? On her end, she doesn't have to because when you're in a room with people that are of the same culture, you don't have to prove things biblically. So I could talk like this in my church and not have to throw scripture. The only reason I'm throwing scripture right now is so that you don't think I'm a heretic and being opinionated right now. I'm throwing scripture for you guys. Now you know why Jesus said when he prayed for Lazarus. He said, Father, I'm only praying this prayer for them, not for me. I know you always hear me, but for them so that they could believe. Did you catch that? So sometimes Jesus did stuff for them just so that his disciple... I'm giving you scripture so that you don't think, mm. okay, watch this, watch this, watch this. And I'm almost done, guys. I'm almost done. Okay, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Okay. So then, so then the last son, of, the last son of a descendant of, the descendant of Cain taps into metal, metal forgery, alchemy. We're very simple. What do you think zinc is? What do you think gold is? What do you think copper is? These are metals. Do you know that the element of copper can destroy the coronavirus? Let me give you a little history lesson. All hospitals in the beginning had copper framing everywhere. The only issue with copper is that it gets dirty. It doesn't get rusty, but it gets dirty. And it gives the hospital appearance of being dirty. But if you put the coronavirus on a copper metal within 18 minutes, within 15 minutes, within 15 minutes, the virus is gone. They've scientifically proven that. But they changed it to stainless steel because it makes the hospital appear more clean. Did you catch it? This is why if you go to the Native American culture, they understood, listen to me, that the way to kill the Nephilim, the red-haired giants in the land, was through copper spearheads. Why do you think we only finding copper spearheads? Did you catch that? Because there is something in the, in the metal element that is antimicrobial. Did you catch that? Okay, gold. Don't even let me get started with gold. That is the reason why in the book of Genesis chapter, chapter, chapter 2, it actually tells us when it talks about the four rivers, 
One of the verses actually goes into gold and said, and this is the region where the finest gold is. Why would the Bible have to tell us about gold? Because 5,000 years later, we will be using gold in our, in our electronics. Did you catch that revelation? Okay, now watch these. These rivers have angels assigned to them. You don't believe so? The Bible right now says there are four angels locked in the river Euphrates. Catch that revelation. The watchers, the watchers get thrown. Watch this. The watchers get thrown into Tartarus. Tartarus is what we would call in prison because I did time in prison. We call that the box. 23 hours lockdown, one hour to get out. Let me paraphrase the language. 20, 23 elders got them locked in and only one elder says it's time to come out. Ah, that's what the Bible says, that when John saw, he saw a being come down with having the key to the bottom of the spit. He didn't know whether it was angel or whether it was a son of God. He said there was a being that came down with the keys of the bottom of the pit and he opened the pit. He opened it and these demons came out who were what? The watchers. Who are what? Okay. They wrecked havoc on the earth. Oh, and another thing, there are two rebellions, not one. All right. There are two angelic rebellions, Satan and his angels and then the watchers. All right, which is a whole nother thing. The watchers don't even submit to the devil. You're not ready for that revelation. You're not ready. They're agents of chaos. The devil submits to God. These boys do not. That's why God says, I'm going to lock you in Tartarus until the end time. Guess what? He comes out. He comes out. Uh, he come, They come out. Watch this. They get cast into the lake of fire and then the devil gets locked in Tartarus for a thousand years. Don't play. Don't play. Don't play. We're going there. We're going there. Okay, so so if I say if I say the hybrids are coming and switch it and say aliens, they're gonna think I'm crazy. It's nothing but words. It's nothing. It's nothing but words. But watch this. So then God looks. He takes the watches. He locks them in Tartarus. This is Bible stuff. You can read this in the book of Jude. You can read this in the book of Second Peter chapter two. All right. He locks them in prison, and then he does what? He does what? He sends the flood. The flood was not because of man. The flood was because of the Nephilim, and man in league with the Nephilim consistently wicked why because in order for you to get demonic technology you have to get a mark catch the revelation you have to get the seal which means you completely renounce god you get your information from the watchers you get a seal all right you get a mark did you catch that do you see the parallel of what's coming what's coming what's coming okay watch this god sends the flood god sends the flood he destroys the nephilim but their spirits remain lingering. They become demons. Demon is nothing but a title. The word demon is where we get the word demonion. Or all it means is one who stands in between another to separate them. It means they are, demons mean nothing more than separators. Separate who? Separate humans from connecting with God. Fallen angels is a whole other category. Fallen angels is the devil. They govern the second heaven, the earth, and under the earth. In between there are the angels, the watchers, locked in prison because they don't submit to nobody. All right? And then you have the sons of the demons, uh, the sons of the watchers, or the pre pregenitors of the watchers. All right? Better word, because if I say son, you're going to think sex. So pr progenitors of the, of the watchers, and they end up working for the devil. Why? The demons have never been to, I don't know if you're even ready for this. The demons have never been to hell. Not yet. No, they have not. Now you know why they beg God. They beg Jesus and said, Lord, please don't send us to the abyss 
before the time. Please don't send us out there. So then you're saying, well, what about the visions of demons in hell and all that stuff? Those are not demons. Those are fallen angels. Yes, they are fallen angels in the abyss tormenting people. There's fallen angels tormenting people up here. And there's demons fighting uh, angelic uh, visitation up in the second heaven. This is all Bible. I'm giving you scriptures. I'm giving you scriptures so that you don't think... I'm just some opinionated, passionate Puerto Rican who's just talking and just got a lot of people that watch him. No, I'm giving you actual, actual scriptures. So watch this. So then Jesus says, uh, the coming of the son of man, as in the days of Noah, so will the coming of the son of man be, which means what? Man will tap into trying to bring back the Nephilim or go to the Nephilim. So... Four generations after the flood, you get a man named Nimrod, who was a mighty hunter of souls before the Lord. Now watch this. Nimrod knew that the watchers were locked in Tartarus because that's in every mythology all over the world. They call it Titans. Did you catch that? So if I say Titans in a news briefing, they're going to bash me for it. But if I say watchers, now I'm talking Bible. Titans and Watchers are the same thing. You miss what I just said. The Titans. Well, you find the Titans all over. Why do you think it's called Tartarus? Titan. The place where you lock the Titan. Tartarus. Did you, did you catch, did you catch it? Okay. So by the time Nimrod pops up, and I'm going to end with Nimrod. Nimrod pops up. This is all Bible. I'm giving Genesis chapter 11. Just throw it out there for my heresy hunters. Okay. Watch this. Look at this. Okay. Okay. Nimrod knows that we can't go down there. You know how I know he tried to go down there? Because he, because the place where that watchers are locked is Babylon. Is in the river Euphrates. Is in that area of Mesopotamia. He, they try to tap in. They can't. They're locked. So you know what the, you know what Nimrod said? We can't go down. Let's go up. If we can't go down, let's go up. We can't go down. Let's go up. So guess what he did? They said, let's go up. Let's make a tower. And let's keep going up. Let's keep going up. You know what they were trying to do? They were trying to go back to see the Anunnaki. Oh, don't play with me, man. Okay, the Anunnaki are the watchers. The word Anunnaki means from the heavens they came. So they go back up. So they start going up. They start going up. And then God says, whoa, 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 whoa. What is going on here? So God comes down and he says this. Look at what he says. And then I'll drop my own mic to God be the glory. God says, if I don't stop them, if I don't stop them, they will crack the code and nothing will be impossible for them. They will tap into the realm of impossibility and they will crack the code on the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I have to stop them. Look at what it says. God acknowledges that if I don't stop them, they will crack the code again pre-flood. Did you catch it? What was the information about the flood? Was the Anunnaki, Benai Elohim, came down and gave them. Oh, and another thing. They came down and landed on Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon in Israel. It bought, it, it bought us three. Did you catch it? It bought us Syria, Israel, and Lebanon. Mount Hermon was the mountain that Jesus went up in the mountain of transfiguration. The word Hermon means portal. It means stargate. It means open door. Did you catch it? So that's why when Jesus went up the mountain, immediately when he started going higher, he started to transfigure. He started to transfigure. And guess who came down 
wait a second, all came up because they were in Abraham's bosom, I guess at that time. No, as a matter of fact, they came down because the Bible says Elijah went to heaven. So when he went up the mountain, the Bible says Moses and Elijah came down and started talking with Jesus and started talking with him. All right. And, and, and Peter didn't know what to do. And he said, Oh, it's good for us to be here. Basically what he was saying is, thank you God for letting us get this access. And he said, let us build a tabernacle. And then the cloud came and you know the story. And Peter makes reference of it in second Peter chapter one. When he says, he said, we have not followed cleverly devised fables. We were on the mountain of glory. We saw him. We saw him. Peter starts talking about that in second Peter chapter one. I'm throwing out verses at you. Now you know why the Bible says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious blessing that flows from the mountains of Hermon. There the Lord commanded the blessing. There the Lord commanded the blessing. Where? From the mountains of Hermon. Now watch this. The mountains of Hermon, the snow caps, are what melt and fuel the Jordan River. Everything is hinged on that mountain. I was just in Israel back in uh, in uh, January of this year, and for the first time we were able to see Mount Hermon from the distance because it always has a cloud. We were privileged to be, we didn't go up into it, we didn't go, but we were able to finally see it, and it's all full of, full of ice uh, on the top. I got the pictures. Okay, now watch this. Watch this. Okay, so then God, look at this, God, he, he destroys the earth, the, the demons work for the devil. They work for Satan. Doing what? Trying to get back in a body. I'll end with this. Why do they want to get in a body? Very simple. You know what it's like? Have you ever had a craving for something sweet or crave? If you're from New York, have you ever had a craving for a good old slice of pizza? Right? Have you ever said, man, I, I just want a good pizza right now, man. Right? And that craving leads you to do what? To go buy the pizza. Right? Imagine having a craving for sin, but you have no body, but you still have the desire. You missed it. You missed it. You missed what I just said. Did you catch it? Imagine being a spirit lusting for something, but you have no body to fulfill it. So what are you going to do? You're going to try to jump in a body. You're going to try to jump in a soul and say, let me get in there. Let me get in. Let me get in. Let me get in. Did you catch that? Very simple, right? And this will ride itself out all the way to what? This season, as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Well, what was in the days of Noah? The Benai Elohim. Man tapping into demonic technology. As they go deeper, deeper into making covenant with demons in exchange for information. Don't, every, every discovery that man makes is not always God. It's not always God. Have you heard, have you ever heard of, uh, ah, oh man, what is it called? Problem reaction solution, which means I create the problem because I have the antidote. I'm going to leave it there. God, so then what did Jesus say? Jesus said, man will tap into that stuff again. So when Dr. Stella was talking about demon sperm to bring the beginning back to the closing, I understood what she meant. I know what she meant. What she forgot to understand, what she forgot to realize was she was saying stuff like that to the wrong crowd. But because she's bold like that, it is what it is. She said it. I defend her. I know the language. I know what she means. What I'm going to do is I'll rearrange what she said to professional terms so these westernized Christians can understand. Yeah, so they, because they get caught up and they get zealous. They get zealous about, 
You know, she's false. She's crazy. She's not crazy. You blind, even though you claim to see. Well, guess what? I'm going to say this publicly. I'm blind because Jesus said, because you claim to see, you will actually be blind. But those who claim to be blind will actually see. So I'm going to be this. So that way I could see this. Did you catch it? Did you catch that revelation? I could go further. I could keep going. But I think I've, I've been long enough. I'm going to leave it there. And to level the playing field, if what I'm saying is false doctrine, heresy, opinion mixed with Latino passion, not of God, my own view, you could rebuke me publicly here because I hold myself accountable, good Bereans. There are two rebellions, not just one. Two, Satan as angels and the watchers. And don't even let me get started on the Tower of Babel and the mark of Cain. Oops, I mean the beast. Oops, I mean, and I'm not saying I'm woke because those who say they woke, they're really blind. I'm going to say blind so that I could be woke. Done. Jesus, if I ever take your glory, kill me because to you, be all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise. If you're watching me right now, and you're not saved, if you die in sin, you're going to go to hell. You need to repent of your sin and ask Christ to be your savior. Become born again. Confess him as Lord or you will end up in the lake of fire. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, that if whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I don't care what sin you've committed. I don't care how deep in covenant with Satan you are. The blood of Jesus will wash away all of your sin. And there's only one way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life and no one comes unto the father, but by me get saved. He's calling on you now and say, Lord, I open my heart. I don't know what this preacher said, but I know I'm convicted of my sin. He'll come in. He'll radically change your life. Amen. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.